This podcast is brought to you by Westbury Stud. Emily Bosson on the Inside Word. Fresh off the back of Group 1 success, we've got John Barry on the phone with us on the Inside Word this week. And uh, John, welcome into the show. I bet that feeling Group 1s, they never get old, do they? No, they don't. They don't. They're very tough to win. Uh, They don't give them to you. So, uh, no, it's certainly a fantastic feeling on Saturday. Talk me through your emotions uh, when you were watching the race because Jonathan put the horse in a, in a really good position. Yeah, he did. It was a 10 out of 10 ride and down the back, you know, he got him, he had to use him up a bit to get him there and, and then he held his position nice. So sort of one moment you're thinking, geez, I hope I've got this horse fit enough, you know, fresh up to be running up on the pace like that at this level. Um, but then when he came around the corner and, and geez, that gap just opened up in the home straight and he went through it. And as soon as he went through that gap, I just had a sneaky feeling that he would just keep running because that's the kind of horse that he is. And you didn't get to be on track on Saturday, did you? You're uh, down and out at the moment with a, with a, a little injury. Yeah, no, I've just been battling a, a back problem for the last well, 12 months and, and just had the second operation a few weeks ago. So I just have to take it easy and, and do the rehab and get back. But uh, certainly... You know, that helped a lot on Saturday and, and then hopefully I won't be too many uh, or too far away from getting back on track. Surely you would have been allowed a, a celebratory drink after that? Yeah, no, the racing manager and his wife came around and my mother as well. We had a nice little bottle of red wine, so we, we treated ourselves to that, but and that was about all. I was um, on the radio in Australia this morning and they said, uh, did anyone tip this horse out? Was there any suspicion that, that Callsign Mav could win? Did you have any any suspicion or, or inkling that he could come out and do that? Look, as, as a trainer, all you want is, is your horse or an uninterrupted prep going forward and in any, you know, in any prep, and, and especially a Group 1 race. And, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's done everything good. We've, we've gone to the two jump outs we wanted. We went to the trials we wanted. Um, and he's just done everything properly. Um, the biggest unknown you, as you come out of your three-year-old year racing your own age group and all of a sudden your weight's raised with the, you know, older, hardened criminals is you don't know how you'll measure up. And, and we were in that boat as was Jennifer Eccles and a couple of others. So... Um, you know, that's the biggest unknown where you sit and will you measure up against uh, horses like Avantage and, and stuff. So, um, but as far as his work was and stuff, it was still fantastic. And, and I maintain the form around him last season was great. He, he beat Quick Thinker in the autumn, who went on to win the Oak, uh, a Derby. He, you know, he, he was second to Catalyst this time last year by a couple of lengths and seven lengths to the rest of the field. So, form around him, around him, if you read into it, was very, very good. I remember seeing him last year as a three-year-old during that Hawke's Bay Carnival, and he's quite a big sort of raw horse, isn't he? He must have matured quite a bit to be able to, to make that leap up to wait for age as a four-year-old. Yeah, he, sort of his weight's still around the same, actually. He was sort of 5'20 when he, when he ran uh, most of the time last year, 5'10", I suppose, but 5'20 on Friday, but... He's still quite just big and raw bone and still filling out and, and still, you know, mentally as well becoming um, a better or a bigger person. Um, on his home track obviously helps, you know, before that race, five starts for three wins in a second. So the no travelling and things like that because he can get to think about the odd thing. But that's all improving as well. And, and the more he does, I'm sure, the better he'll get with all of that. I think a lot of people uh, were pleased uh, as well for Jonathan Riddell and, and it was really good to see you two uh, reunite and enjoy top-level success again. 
Yeah, really, probably happy as, um, as you know, thrilled for him as much as I was for the owners who, who you know, were pretty much all first, well, uh, first time group one winning owners. But just great for Jono. He's, he's obviously, you know, gone north, um, been up there three or four years now and stuff, and riding for Murray and, and Andrew and, and doing a great job and getting the odd opportunity. But, you know, he's one of those jockeys. He waits extremely hard. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities in the, in the you know, on the really good horses. And, just to see him do that and, and give it the 10 out of 10 again like the old days. Um, I was I, I was sort of deep down. I was absolutely thrilled for him. Mm. You mentioned the ownership ownership group there and them being first-time Group 1 winning owners. And I'm sure you've got a, a few of them addicted to racing for life after that thrill. But tell me a little bit about them and, and how the horse came into your care. Uh, I thought Jeremy Cross, who's the, the managing uh, owner, um, he's, he's been over to Costa New Zealand a few times as a horse physiotherapist and, and human one as well, and a very good one at that. Um, and yeah, just um, sort of he came across and bought it and, and, and had it in pre training and he gave it to rest. I said, you know, do you want to have a shot with this horse? Um, and I was like, yeah, no worries. So, sort of, you know, through him and, and met a couple of the other owners that um, have been across as well. and and then they offered me a share if I wanted to buy into it. He obviously wasn't very expensive. And, and as I said to them, I said, look, boys, he, he does turn out the right front about two out of five. And I don't think we'll ever be able to sell him. But, um, you know, you seem like a good bunch of buggers to have a beer with. That sounds like me. So it just sort of all grew from there. And um, no doubt there was a, a lot of texts and phone calls on Saturday after the win. Oh, lots and lots. A couple of them just, well, they were speechless, really. A couple of them, and they <laughs> took a while to find their voice to give us a call, but no, they were thrilled. Jeremy was, was over the moon, you know, he couldn't believe it and stuff. So um, I don't think, you know, none of us had massive bets on them. I think they only had 100 to place on them, to be honest myself. Um, but, yeah, they just, I think the excitement of, of owning a Group 1 winning horse is just as much as, as anything out of it all. You'll be trying to sell them some other horses now. After that, they'll be jumping into anything with you. Yeah, <laughs> I wish it was all that easy. But, uh, <laughs> no, they, they look, they're, they're good young keen guys. They're all, you know, self-made, doing well. They're in lockdown over there in, in Melbourne. So, it's, you know, at the same time, it's a, it's a big lift for them to something like that they can sign out on. They're obviously still battling the COVID lockdown over there. So, you know, they might be perusing the ready-to-run pages with a bit of luck and we might get a call if we can't we go and get them another one so that would certainly be you know helpful to the stable. I have to ask it's uh, probably an obvious answer but with his track record at Hawke's Bay is that the natural step going back in a couple of weeks time? Yeah just sort of wanted to see how he came through it and he came through that race extremely well um, I think one of the, the benefits for us is we live here um, you know it's only 10 minutes from the race course, he's back in his paddock and running around, having mm. a buck and a kick and eating grass, so the travel was not a factor for us and he loved it, but uh, yeah, he's pulled up well, so definitely whether we, you know, we've tried him twice at the mile, but that was last season as a three-year-old, and, and one was in Christchurch, which is a hell of a big trip to get down there and do that, and um, the other time was at Wellington, which is also a big big uh, track, big really track to get, but just you know, um, with Jonathan, he, you know, you could look, he feels he, he ran through the line strongly. He should get a mile this time, bigger, stronger and stuff. So, 
it's you know the next next go will be be here on Saturday week and see if we can you know get the repeat ride and the repeat result. Mm, exactly, um, it's been no secret that uh, for everyone in racing, it's been a, a, a pretty tough time, and um, hopefully seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. But what a great start to the season for your racing team! And tell me a little bit about how many you have in work and and um, what numbers they'll get up to during the peak time. Well, we sort of just hover around that 35 um, number is perfect for us. We have our own property with 30 boxes, 40 paddocks, you know, 30 of those are nice day paddocks, so horses get out two to three times a week, um, have our own tracks and everything, so it's all self-contained. Um, uh, we just like to be that, you know, for want of a better word, boutique, we're just 30, 35 good ones is, is more than enough, you know great staff levels and, and staff that have been with me for a long, long time and, and stuff, they all know how it works. So um, it's just, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's any less stressed than, than anything with bigger numbers, mm. but you can just give a real personal touch to every horse that's there and, you know, um, they, you know they get their best chance with it. You mentioned uh, having a strong team behind you. Tell me a little bit about them and, and, and the roles they play. Um, just sort of, you know, like, like most, four, four track riders and four ground staff and, very uh, capable uh, racing manager, Mike Sanders, that does all the filling in for me when I'm not there and the videos and a lot of communication with owners, which is vital. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, um, like every stable, the, the ground staff doing all the, the hard yards and the mucking out and, and caring for the horses is crucial, as are the track riders. And also using Katie Hurcock's been, you know, she trains down this way and, and jumps on the old gallop for us, which is beneficial for her feedback uh, being an ex-jockey so it is it, you know it's an old cliche it's a team game and, and stuff but it, it really is and, and you know for me great you know to have a win but I, the, the staff really get a kick out of it too you know they work in the long hard hours and in the middle of winter it's it's not much fun on those cold wet days and frosty days you know but work's still got to be done so a day day lock on Saturday it really makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it sure does. And and what about your background? How did you end up in this racing game? I understand there's quite a rich heritage of, of racing in the blood. Yeah, bred into it was the easiest way to say. I think uh, my great-great-grandfather was one of the initial inductees into the Hall of Fame as a, a facilitator, so to speak. Um, my great-grandfather won the Melbourne Cup as an owner in 1916. So, yeah, just sort of been there, done it. Um, I left school and played polo professionally overseas for a few while and came home and sort of just gravitated back towards it and yeah just sort of fell into it got lucky obviously with a, with a horse called Jimmy Shoe in the early days and it grew from there. And what how much of, of what you learned at polo and what you use can you transfer that back to racing or are they very sort of separate equestrian sports? No I think I think the biggest thing is common sense I think it's probably been a blessing at times I haven't been tutored under a big racing stable I think it's just naturally you know, keeping the horse happy, make sure it beats, keep it fit, um, and go from there. I think the more you do train, you, you run into the same problems time and time again, and as soon as you recognise them, you can address them with habits or, or quirks or certain things with horses. Is, um, you know, that's just repetition showing itself again. So, But other than that, like I say, just feed them, keep the horse happy, and, and generally, if they're good enough, they'll, you know, um, repay you. Well, fingers crossed, call sign Mav is uh, good enough to take out the next leg of the Hawks Bay Triple Crown. John, thanks so much for taking the time out to have a little chat with us this week. I hope that um, you feel better soon and we can see you back on track for that uh, second day.